You're listening to Flipping the Barrel Podcast, a women's perspective in oil and gas. We are your hosts, Macy and Jamie. And our mission here is simple, to bring you the untold stories of this industry. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another podcast. Welcome to a special edition on motherhood. So as you may or may not know, Jamie and I are both moms, newly moms, I guess. We both had kids during COVID or kind of like towards the end of COVID in 2021. And we're excited about releasing this episode a few days after, you know, Mother's Day. And really, we wanted to just talk about all things motherhood from pregnancy to conceiving to fertility to some of our own struggles and also like postpartum. And then now what life looks like with, you know, babies, but being back in the workplace and having a podcast. So lots to talk about today. And we're really excited for this special edition, something we've never really done before to let us know if this is something that you guys like, and then Jamie and I can continue to do a few more special editions. So Jamie, I'm excited. I know it's just, it's so funny because I really never saw myself here. You know, you and I talked about this when we first met and it really happened at such an interesting time for us to one meet to start the podcast. And then also both kind of struggle with the same problems. And one of them was infertility and, you know, we don't talk about it enough. And that really came out at our event. I mean, a lot of women really connected with us on that level. And so that's why we really thought this was a great opportunity to kind of share our experiences and then also what life is like now. Today's episode is brought to you by Veril Energy Solutions. Did you know that Veril has been around since 1947? They're originally known for their drill bits, but through several acquisitions, investments, and rebranding, they now offer a diversified portfolio in drilling and completions. One of their core competencies is actually global manufacturing of consumable downhole products. They solve the industry supply chain problems. We've chosen to partner with Veril because they simply get it. They focus on their employees, they're committed to diversity and inclusion, and they know their only true sustainable advantage is their people. To learn more and stay up to date, please go to www.veril.com. Veril Energy Solutions, beyond technology, beyond normal. So I think really where we can start is, you know, the overall pressure, I think that we feel as women and as we age and as we get older, and there's always the questions around like when you're going to get pregnant. And I think you and I both struggled with that. And also, you know, being 30 and really, you know, not having high hopes that we would ever really have children. So why don't you tell us a little bit, Maciel, kind of how that happened for you and really, you know, what that was like. I know you went through a few times where you actually thought maybe, you know, you were pregnant before actually figuring out. So give us a little bit about, you know, what that was like for you. Okay, cool. So I would say growing up, I was never someone that thought I want, you know, five kids. I want a family. I want multiple kids. It just, it wasn't in me. And I always thought like, why don't I have that motherly thing where, you know, I think a lot of people, you would ask them right away and they're like, yeah, I want three kids. And like, they dream of being moms. And I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be a mom one day, but it was just never like in my thoughts. It was always like, oh yeah, when I'm like really old, I'll have kids, you know? And I think as we went on in my twenties, obviously we got married at 25, but I think as soon as you get married, no matter the age, people always have this expectation of, when are you guys having kids? 
what does that look like? And then also people saying like, oh, are you going to pick a career or are you going to stay home? Those were always the questions. It was never, yeah, you can have a career and be a mom. It was always like, oh, when are you going to stay home whenever you have kids? And I think that's one of the reasons why I didn't necessarily want kids was because I always thought like, no, I'd rather a career, but I also did want a kid. So I was just scared that I would have to pick one or the other. And honestly, anyone listening to this podcast, never ask anyone when they're going to have kids. It could be the hardest thing. It used to really bother me a lot. And I'll just put it out there. I think when people are going through infertility, it's really difficult to even listen to a podcast like this, where you see people who have been successful and had kids. It could be really hard on anybody who's going through it. You feel like you're alone and you feel like everyone around you has kids. I remember going through it and I felt like everyone was pregnant around me. I'd go to the grocery store and I would just see pregnant people all over the place. And I'm like, why is she pregnant? And I can't be pregnant. And, you know, they're not as healthy as me and they probably smoke and they probably drink and I don't do any of that. And so there's a lot of why them and not me. And I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. And I remember when Jamie and I met, we bonded off the fact that you were also trying for many years and it hadn't happened And we helped each other. We would send each other articles. We would send each other podcasts. I would be like, hey, I'm on this cool diet that I heard will help your eggs. And then you should try it. And (laughs) so I think think women can be crazy when they're going through infertility. Yeah. And to piggyback off that, you know, that was a lot of stuff that we had in common, but also it was a really saving grace for myself because you feel really alone. And so when you finally get to connect with somebody who has those same issues and for our story, you know, Jason and I, we had tried for five, I mean, we've been married for over five years when we actually ended up being pregnant and it wasn't, but three years earlier than that, that I really noticed that I had like some sort of hormonal imbalance or an issue. And we really started looking into it and we went to doctor after doctor after doctor. And we all know how that is and constantly could not get a diagnosis. And then finally we thought we met the right person. And then they were like, you know, you have to go through an IVF or you know, some sort of, you know, IUI and I couldn't stomach it. And now I feel for those women that go through that and just know that we are all with you and we understand that struggle. Luckily enough, I didn't end up going through that. And I just kind of let myself accept the fact that I might never have children one day. And I will say like, that was a really hard time because being in sales too, a lot of people like to relate with you and kids. And so they ask you, like we were saying before, you know, like when you're going to have children. And so constantly having to just tell them like, no, I, maybe I won't ever have them. Like, you know, it really hurt until the point that I accepted, like, you know what, we'll be fine. We'll be fine if we do, or if we don't. And then the craziest thing happened. Oh, I wind up pregnant. <laughs> I um, <was> and, <laughs> and it literally was like the moment after I just remember I was like in the December before I ended up pregnant. I remember like literally I was at the gym. I was talking to a lady and she had known my story and all of the issues that I had. And she was like, you know, how is that going? How is everything? And I was like, you know what? I'm good. I'm happy where I'm at one day, you know, if God willing, you know, one day, if so, you know, I'll have children. And honestly, it was like three months later, I ended up pregnant and it was like the craziest thing ever. I swear I took about like 18 pregnancy tests because I like did not believe it. I just like, I was like, there's no way this is possible. And I waited two days to tell Jason because I still did not believe the test. I was like, there's just no way. (laughs) That's so awesome. I think a lot of times it could be the stress that we're putting on ourselves. So quick background also on both Jamie and I, 
we both at some point probably suffered with, you know, disordered eating. You know, Jamie was a bikini competitor, which means she was on a strict diet, calorie, you know, deficit, working out a lot. Very similar to my story. You know, since I was 16, I started going to the gym and going on yo-yo diets and, you know, definitely lost my cycles for about 10 years. And it was always because I wasn't eating enough. But while you're going through it, you just keep lying to yourself of like, oh, I'm healthy. I'm good. Like, you don't need to eat that much. But in reality, like if your body's shutting down and it's not, you know, hormonally well, that yeah, there's an issue. So it took me many years to realize it. And trying to kind of get everything back to normal, again, a lot of hormonal issues, very similar to Jamie. I think the stress added even more of like me wanting to have a baby all of a sudden, because it kind of, it was a switch. When I turned 30, I said, I need to be a mom, like ASAP. I need a baby. (laughs) It's the end of the world. I'm old. Like I need to have a kid. And all of a sudden I just started focusing on how do I have a kid? So I Googled how to basically have a kid and because it goes way far beyond what we all know. And it was like, I need a calendar. I need a thermometer. I need pills. I need it's just science. It like, was literally it a science my ovulation kit, like literally you name it. Like, I had it. Seriously, we are lucky to all be born. I want everybody that's listening to this know that like you have like a 30% chance of being born, even if all the stars are aligned. So like it was hard. Yeah. Super lucky to be here. We always think that it's easy to have, you know, to get pregnant, but like for us, at least it was so difficult and yeah, I did it all. And I think that's why it took so long to get pregnant because I was measuring every second of the day and pinpointing things. And I'm sure that would stress out my partner as well, who was probably like, she's crazy. So it didn't help. Quick story. So it took like about a year. All of a sudden, I get a positive pregnancy test during like Christmas time of 2019, I believe. And I get a positive pregnancy test, but it was like a little, it was in super strong lines. And, you know, kind of like Jamie took several. I was freaking out. It was a few, like a week or two before Christmas, took a few more and the line was darker. So I was like, oh my God, this is it. I'm pregnant. Obviously, going through it, I had never really been around people that had had miscarriages or really even heard about it. Because like Jamie said, it's something that nobody, like, it's really rare that we talk about it. I'm really happy that social media is now kind of throwing it in everybody's face and being like, Hey, this is normal. This happens to many of us. And I was just so excited about it. I didn't even think that that would be a possibility. So yeah, so I told, you know, my husband, I told my mom, I wrapped up Christmas presents, like pretend like, Oh, okay. Like we're pregnant. And I think like, Two weeks later, you know, started having a miscarriage, what you consider like early miscarriage, I think it was like eight weeks or so. And it was the end of the world for me, for us. It was so hard for me to tell my mom that like, it wasn't true anymore. Like, how do you say those things? And then also with my husband, it was just so difficult because it was something you really wanted. Then all of a sudden you have it. And then it's just like, you realize like, oh, wow, this stuff happens. Like people lose kids. I just feel lucky that it was so early on and we weren't as attached because we've heard of stories of people way later on when you're actually showing. So I feel like it happened at a good time, even though it still sucks, but it's better than later, you know? And then after that, I think it took a year after that. And during that year, you know that you were able to achieve it, 
that I went even crazier into trying to recreate that because I was like, I did it once we need to do it again. And it brought even more stress. Like it was consuming my life. And then you tell me that you're pregnant. I felt horrible for me. And I'm like, how would you feel? Because you have to tell me and you know that I'm struggling. Like I, I I about that. I had no idea how to tell you. And I just remembered being in your shoes and like having so many people be pregnant around me. And I thought, how the hell am I going to tell my best friend that I'm pregnant? And like, I know what she went through. And I felt like I literally felt, I didn't know when to say it or how to say it. And especially since I myself was very like, I was like, there's no way this is a real child. Like this is not (laughs) true. You were still like trauma. I was in total denial. I remember I went to the doctor because I knew your story and I knew like, Hey, I probably need to go to the doctor like ASAP because yeah. If you don't have high progesterone, you just never know. Uh huh. Yeah. You're probably, you might, you know, you don't know what might happen. And I remember they asked me, okay, so like, when was your last period? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't have periods. Like, I don't know. I thought this whole time, like I just was having another time where I just didn't have a period. And they were like, well, we're going to have to do a test to see like how far along you are. She was like, I had no clue. And like, they had to do a guess, but nowadays the technology is so good. You remember how long you were when they told you five weeks. Wow. Yeah. I was five weeks and it was just so shocking because I never had a cycle. I only had one cycle before that. And so I'd never had a period for like over 10 years. And so I just didn't even know what it was even like to like, you know, have a period. And then it was literally a miracle. Like I still don't even know how it happened. (laughs) It was literally, I was told I would never be able to have children, you know? And so it just really shows that like, you just can't trust the medical system, no matter what diagnosis they give you, you know, you just got to believe and you got to keep trying. And ultimately, I mean, it doesn't happen for everybody that way. So I hate sometimes saying that because I know there's those few people that it never happens for, but you know, we were one of the lucky ones that we actually ended up pregnant. And I remember when I told Jason, like it was two days later and it was not romantic at all. Like we were driving in a car, we were driving back to the house. We were about to exit 290. And I was just like, so I'm pregnant. Like I didn't know. Like, I was had he no like, hope. so this was the thing. It was 2020. So it was COVID. Was oh, it was COVID. Yeah. Swing. There was no dad things. Like I couldn't order any. Oh, look, you're a dad. There was no dad, like nothing because like nobody was making anything. You couldn't go into stores. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I can't wait around to like order something online that doesn't even exist right now because of the supply chain issues. So I was like, I'm just going to tell him. And so yeah, I told him and he literally marked it in his calendar. He still has it today. The day that Jamie told me she was pregnant. Um, and so, and sometimes he wanted to be a dad so badly too, which is, yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah. So it's so funny, but so what about moving on? We got pregnant, you know, what was it like when you had to tell your boss? Cause you even waited forever to even let me know. Yeah. yeah. Of- I think I waited almost 20. I think I told you at like 19 weeks, like right near the anatomy scan. I only told my mom as well, like 18 weeks. I waited almost like halfway through the pregnancy to tell people. Yeah. Just because you were so scarred from what I was so before. traumatized from like the first time that I think it sucked to go through pregnancy when you like the first time you get pregnant, you have an early miscarriage because I was literally traumatized the entire time. I had calendars where I would mark off every single day and I would celebrate every week. Like I'd be like, okay, I made it to week eight. I made it to week nine. I made it to week 10. And even past the 12 weeks, which is usually when they let you know, like, okay, you're past the first trimester, you're fine. 
I was still like super scared all the time. So it was kind of annoying in the sense that I didn't have like a normal pregnancy where I was just chill, even though luckily I did have a really good one. Like Sky was such a good baby, like even in my belly, like no throwing up. I worked out every single day all the way to my C-section. I didn't have any issues, but it was always like, I was just traumatized all the time. I was always scared. I would always be scared of something happening. Like it's always like all in my head. And what's really interesting, I think the dynamics between both of our pregnancies. So like yours was like a little bit more chill, even though mentally you were not chill, but Sky was chill. I was mentally pretty chill, but Kai was not chill. Like I had really bad aversions to food. I remember one time Jason cooked meat and I literally screamed at him. I had to close myself in one of the rooms because I literally was going to throw up because of the (laughs) smell. I made him clean the whole kitchen, throw away all the meat. Like I was like, you're never cooking again. Like it was so bad. And that was all the way up until like 18 weeks, I think. And then after 18 weeks, it was like smooth sailing and everything was good up until Kai decided to be her early self. Yeah. And I was at the gym working out six weeks before my due date and my water broke. I remember you texted me like, I think you texted me and you said my water broke and I didn't hear back from you till you sent me a picture of Kai the next day. And I was <laughs> yeah. just like, what? Yeah. So we literally, we thought we had six more weeks. We hadn't opened one box. We had so many gifts from people, which was so amazing to have like all that love from everybody from the baby showers. But like, we didn't open anything. We didn't have the room ready. We had nothing. And I was at the gym working out and water broke. And then there you go, like off to square one and emergency C-section. Emergency C-section, she was breech the whole pregnancy and she was really big. So even six weeks early, she was over six pounds. So she was going to be like over nine pound baby. <laughs> and so she was huge. She was the wrong way in my stomach and my water broke. So literally I asked the doctor on the phone. I'm like, so how much time do I have? Cause like, I need to go to the house. I was at the gym. I'm dirty. Like I kept thinking I'm dirty and you're going to cut me open. Like I'm going to get staff. Like yeah. literally that is what was going through my and mind. He was like, like, you don't have time. You need to come now. Like, well, they were like, you have about 45 minutes. And I was like, okay. So we went to the house. I had no idea what to grab. I was just like, just grab stuff. Like, I don't know. And this was during COVID. So remember once you get to the hospital, you can't leave. Yeah. So, and Jason was still, at least he was able to stay with me because before that they weren't even allowing like husbands in. And so we got there and they're like, asking me for COVID tests. And I'm like, I have a water that's broke. Like I probably need to go in like emergency surgery, like right now. And so once they found out that she was breached, they were like, all of a sudden, like everything went like full speed within an hour and a half. Kai was out like you, that must. So we had different, but similar. We both had C-sections, but you had an emergency C-section. I had a planned C-section. Yeah. So I'm trying to put myself in your shoes where like, you're like, oh my God, I'm having a baby right now. This is insane. While as I was like, I know I'm having a baby today at 9.30 in the morning, you know? So it's a little different, but going through the plant C-section, it sucked because like, remember I was telling you like the days on, you're like, I'm having major surgery in five days. I'm having major surgery in four days. Like I was stressing out about the fact that I knew I was going to get cut open in a few days. Well, as for you, it just snapped and happened. But I think going through an emergency C-section, I would have been traumatized because going through a planned one, I was traumatized. I can't even imagine a rushed one because I heard it's a very rushed C-section. Yeah. So literally I got there, they put me in a room, they did the little ultrasound and she was like, oh yeah, she's breached. I'm like, yeah, I know. I told you she was breached like 
Okay. So they just had to verify. And then literally right after them, they're like, I had to sign my life away. Literally. I know they say my body, my choice, whatever. It's not like I had no choice. Like it was like, this is what you're doing. And I was just like, whatever. And I had to sign basically like, Hey, I might die on the table. Here you go. Like, what are you going to do? And it was just like, there was no questions. It was, I was like, okay. And then the hardest part for me was they started throwing like the hepatitis C or B or whatever shot thing at me that she had to take. I'm like, I don't have time to research this. Like, sure. Whatever. I literally asked them, did I get this when I was born? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay, give it to her. Yeah. I don't have time to think about You weren't planning anything. No. And then, yeah. Yeah. That's another thing that I want to highlight from social media is it's frustrating because when I was going through either the C-section and then postpartum at the hospital and then going home, it didn't look anything like what social media, a lot of women like show you on social media where they all leave the hospital, like all matching dresses and they have makeup and their hair is done. I left that hospital looking like I was homeless. I was in that wheelchair. I didn't even put my shoes on. I still like, I left the hospital with my hospital gown and like the socks that go all the way to your ankles. Yeah. Cause my feet were, my whole leg was so swollen from the C-section. And I was thinking like, you know, they're wheeling me out of this And I'm like, how do people take pictures on social media on their way out with their baby? Like, don't even bring a camera near me. I haven't showered in like three days because I was scared to shower. I was scared to go to the restroom. Like, (laughs) I know. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, the one thing I would say that like the shining light and my story with Kai, you know, I did share a lot of it on social media. If anybody's read some of my posts on LinkedIn, but basically, you know, she came six weeks early. I didn't have the opportunity to even hold her within the first 24 Mm -hmm. hours. So they rushed her straight to the NICU and I got to see her there for like a split second. And since she was breached, they almost look like they're like frog legs. Like their legs are really up high. And I just remember just thinking like, oh my God, are her legs ever going to relax? Like it looks so uncomfortable. Then before I knew it, they were like, okay, well, we're going to have to keep her in the NICU. And so we'll, you know, prolong your stay to four days. So like you can see her because the situation was we were still COVID. So they only allowed one parent at a time. And so Jason and I never got to be with her together until she was released from the NICU, which was five weeks. Yeah, that's Um, very hard. And now a little word from our sponsor, Technique FMC. Marcel, you know what I really appreciate about Technique FMC being one of our sponsors is their mission is directed towards a more inclusive and diverse workforce. One of the reasons why we started this podcast, as many of you know, was to move the industry forward, and they backed that belief. Their focus is creating a culture of inclusion that will attract, develop, and retain a more diverse, talented group and ensure their employees can always bring their authentic selves to work. This is important, you know, especially to our generation. Totally agree with you, Jamie. But beyond the DNI, they're also big into technology. They believe in change and innovation in everything they do. Their offerings range from individual products and services to fully integrated solutions with a single interface to ensure a seamless execution. They have four main priorities, energy transition, emerging materials, digital, and industrialization. To find out more about their most popular technologies like SubC 2.0, iProduction, Gemini ROV system and I complete, go to techniquefmc.com. So we spent five weeks, Jason dropping me off at the hospital and me sitting, literally sitting in front of her at her like crib in the NICU all, all day. the way till 
all day. I couldn't leave the floor. They wouldn't let you leave the floor because of COVID. And then he'd come and pick me up. And that was our life for five weeks. And I literally felt like I got PTSD of the NICU because the alarms go off whenever their heart rate drops. And Kai had a situation where her heart rate would drop a lot. It's called bradycardia events. And so they should have our heart rate would drop and then they'd have to come and stimulate her. And then that would add five more days onto our stay. And that was our life. And it's interesting because like, I feel like it was so long ago. Like I look at her now and I'm like, she's the biggest one in her class. She's like crazy, full of energy. And you would have never thought she was like this baby that I literally took an hour to feed. Like she wouldn't even take the bottle, like the bottle would take forever. They had to use a feeding tube. So it's just, it's really wild to see the development that happens. And it's really amazing too, at the same time. So I'm grateful for the experience because I think I appreciate just the opportunity to even have her home more than I think, I think most people go home and then they're not even like told how to even like, you know, put a diaper on. (laughs) I had the nurses that were there the whole time, like helping me. And so I felt really prepared when I had her home, but it definitely was not the ideal situation. Yeah, those were some hard weeks. I remember just like when we would talk once in a while, you were just, it was hard. I think the hardest because Jason couldn't be with you. So I can't imagine like being at the hospital all day by yourself with, and you trying to be with the baby. And like a lot of times you'd send me pictures and like Kai was like hooked up to tons of like monitors and, but yeah, she's like the happiest baby now. So that's so (laughs) awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So So let's talk kind of like postpartum, did you suffer with postpartum depression or like something like it? Or like, how did you feel those weeks after having Kai? And mind you, you were in the NICU. So that was probably hard too. So, yeah. So, you know, I tell people this, like when they ask me to, you know, I feel like God only gives you so much that you can handle at once. And for me, I was really, I mean, I would break down at night to Jason, but it was because I didn't have her home. But as far as like, postpartum depression, I would say the first two weeks I was really emotional, you know, too, because she's like, I literally have to leave her every night. But if you fast forward through that, because that is just a difficult time anyways, when I actually had her home, I was just so incredibly just like happy to have her home. Like I didn't have the opportunity to be sad for myself. Like, I'm not saying it's for yourself because postpartum, but like, I was so focused on her because I didn't get to ever have her home. Yeah. And so I was doing all the things that I wanted to do during my maternity leave that I never had a chance to do because I was sitting in the hospital. And I was so lucky in the fact that I recovered like no other from my C-section. I had the C-section and like one day later I was walking and I really think it was because I had to deal with Kai and there's no way I could have dealt with like myself being destroyed and her and then they queue at the same time. And so I think that was why I was blessed with the opportunity to like, I felt fine. Like literally I felt like I could run a marathon, even though they were like, you can't pick anything up, you know, whatever. (laughs) So I was really blessed in that fact. So for me, I didn't struggle with it as much, but I know that you went through some hard stuff, especially at the beginning. Cause I remember you texting me and you're like, Oh my God. Like I see, like, how do I live? Like you were, (laughs) and I felt so bad. Yeah. I, To be honest, it was the hardest month of my life. But more importantly, I was like, why did no one ever say anything to me? Like, Mm -hmm. this is the worst thing I've ever done in my life. Like, how has no one ever brought this up? And I remember even thinking like, people who have multiple kids, first of all, how the heck do you do that? Because after this, I would never have another kid. 
But when I would see like people with their pregnancy announcements, like, or like they look so happy or like the gender reveals, but they have multiple kids. And I'm like, how are you happy? You're about to do this in a few months. Like I was just traumatized, but you know, it goes away. But I would say the first month to two, I definitely had some sort of postpartum depression, but I think it was more on, you know, cause like there's two, there's one where the moms feel it towards their kid where they're like unhappy towards the kid. For me, I was so happy with Sky. I was so happy to be a mom. I was so happy that we did it. And I would do it a million times over again to have her. But I was just so destroyed for myself. I didn't recover as fast. It took me a while to like just walk, to go to the restroom. Like I've never felt so low in my life. Also, I think just being so energetic and like the day before the C-section, like I'm out with customers, I'm out with clients. I was at a conference with you. I was living my best life. And then all of a sudden I'm like stuck to my bed because I can't even get up. So that mentally was a huge struggle. Plus you're feeding the baby every two hours. You're up all night. The longest time I slept was a two hour period in a month. So think about it. Like think about like going to bed for eight hours and like waking up really good. You don't have that for multiple weeks at a time. Cause I was on a strict schedule for feeding every two hours. Cause sky was born small. So my job was, I need her to gain weight. So that part was really hard. And I remember people would text me kind of like you would say, and people would say like, Hey, how are you? How's it going? And I would just start texting back and I would start crying. Or if people would call me and say, how are you doing? I would just start crying. And I didn't know from what I'm like, I'm not sad, but it was like, I had all these crazy emotions and I think the hardest was just feeling like a couch potato. I felt like I was never going to be able to run again or feel like I would ever go to the gym again. Like my messiah was over. I was like dead, you know? And I think the hardest moment for me was, you know, when you have a C-section, it's really hard to move, at least for some people. And I couldn't get in the shower properly or even going down to like grab stuff. And I remember like Tim had to give me a bath, literally. And I never felt so like, like low <laughs> with myself, like him literally having to help me shower and like even dry myself, like those kind of things. Whereas why, why it was so difficult for me. Yeah. I guess just feeling like super low, super low, but, <laughs> but it, uh, you know, you, know, you recover of, from it. And to your point of like, why nobody told you this, you know, I think it's because really everybody listening to this too, like everybody's story is so different. Like I never struggled with showering. And so it's just so different. But then again, like Kai was so different than Sky, like personality wise, like (laughs) eating or like you would tell me that you had to hold her a certain way. I would just put her on the bed. I'm like, go to bed. So strategic with how you feed because of she had really bad. Yeah, she would spit up really bad. She had bad stomach. I mean, it was just one thing after another. We all Um, deal with different stuff. Yes. We all do. So let's fast forward. And so how have things changed? So let's say looking at what you did before versus now, how have you managed to continue to be the Mossiel that you are today? And what's kind of changed that you see that's really different from before? So I think something that I'm really proud of myself is that I haven't changed much. And I know people say that they change a lot or you will have to change your life when you have kids. I was always like, no, I don't want to change my life. Like, I like the way it is. I love traveling. I love going to work. I want to go to the gym every day. Like a lot of things that people might say like, oh, you're going to have to just do things differently when you have kids. I'm like, no, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm just going to get help. 
So having a nanny has been the best thing ever because I get time for myself. And I remember thinking like, if we have kids, I don't want to stop traveling. Like I still want to book all these little weekend trips. Like we love traveling, getting on a plane. And even though it's going to be harder because you have a kid, I feel like the kid needs to adjust to our life. We're not going to adjust to her life. She's going to adjust to our life. So I'm proud of the fact that I've tried to remain who I am and whatever makes me happy. So like a little bit of that balance of, you know, being a mom, I would say obviously starting to say no to things. Like I would love to be doing all these different events and going out in the evenings because we get invited to a lot of things and just starting to say no and like things that matters. Like I want to spend time with her. But I would say looking in from the outside, I think a lot of people probably think like, how does she have time to work so much, go to the gym, go out and have lunch with her friends, like things that probably like newer moms don't get to do because they do put the kids first. Well, as I feel like I should put myself first so that I can be happy and then be the best mom that I can be. So it depends how people look at it. But how about you? Yeah, no. So I definitely remember telling you, get a nanny. Like I loved my nanny. So I had a nanny up until Kai was about one years old. It was amazing. I loved being with Kai. I think that COVID really, really helped with the opportunity to work from home. Both of our pregnancy leaves are very different. You were able to have like a very much longer leave and then do like a part-time thing where I only had eight weeks and then I added two weeks of vacation. So I had technically like 10 weeks. And then I had help. And so looking back, you know, to me, it all ended up working out really well because I had the nanny. I felt like I was still at home and I had the flexibility, which was really nice. And also we got Kai on a routine because she really needed it. Like she thrived with the routine. She's not very good with being thrown all over as much as I wanted her to be. It didn't work out that well. And so once we got on a routine, it was like, life was really the same. Like I started picking up working out again. And I, you know, I mean, looking at it now, the biggest thing that's changed for me is I like calculate what I want to do. Like, I'm like, okay, is this lunch worth my time? Mm -hmm. Is this dinner going to bring me value? Is this event going to be worth my time? Because honestly, like that's where I really value like my time and being able to put Kai to sleep. I love putting her to bed. She goes to bed early. So I try to make everything where I'm there for that because I know that there's only so much time with her where she'll actually even let me put her to bed. So I try to like value that time. And then I've even started doing trips where I do day trips. So like if I fly to Oklahoma, leaving in the morning and I'm coming back in the evening, I just don't drag things out for the sake of being able to drag them out, let's say. So I'm just really more calculated on like timing and when I do things. And then because Kai was in the NICU, I really was very scared, I guess you could say about her getting sick. So I was very like, okay, I didn't want her to be around certain people or like around certain environments because I was really scared of her getting sick and having to go back to the NICU. Now that she's past that, we started Montessori school and she like loves it. So she's definitely the kid that needs social interaction. I guess if you know, Jason or I, I was was just about to say she's a mini Jason. Yeah. I'm like, she needs to be around other kids. So she started that in January and it's just been amazing. So for moms who use daycare or, you know, Montessori or whatever fits your schedule, if it's not a nanny you know, kids thrive in both environments. And I know Masiel always would tell me I was a daycare kid. And I would tell my mom to just not even come and pick me up because I had so much fun. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think, yeah, getting help is like the number one thing and not feeling ashamed of it or bad. I would say like, 
you know, moms are very judgmental. And I think a lot of people told me that when I was pregnant, they're like, wait until you have kids. And moms are like the worst because they'll judge you over whatever. And you just have to be okay with the fact that people are going to judge you regardless. I mean, people will judge us because we're working moms or because we're at an event at seven o'clock and we have to get a babysitter and, you know, it doesn't matter. But yeah, you just have to be okay with the fact that people are, you know, going to think that you're less of a mom because you care about your career because you're driven. And I, it doesn't matter to us, you know, I think both you and I have been super focused on our careers and having kids hasn't really changed the fact that we still want to be successful. So I think, think yeah. And I also, I'd like to add to that is, you know, I took on a new role when Kai was eight months old and I left a great company that really, you know, supported me in different ways. And I left them. And I think a lot of people thought I was absolutely insane. They're like, you have an eight month old baby and you're going to take on a new role in a new position in a new environment, doing a brand new thing. And I'm like, you know what? Bring on the challenge. Like, whatever we can do this. One thing I was concerned about was the Jamie before would go like straight in. Like I'd sit at the office till six o'clock at night, like whatever I need to do. It's a new job. And I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do that. So, but luckily Baker Hughes is a very flexible work from home. And so I was able to just jump right into it. Day one laptop was sent to my house. So I like setup was not like in person. It was literally like at the house, my whole team was global and it really worked out amazingly for me. And so, you know, for anybody listening, do not let, you know, having a children also think that you don't have the opportunity to change jobs. If maybe you're unhappy, or if you get another, get a, a chance to go somewhere else, companies are hundred percent on board on that. And I think that, you know, we're a prime example of doing that. Masiel, you just took a new role and you're going to be moving countries. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't let things stop us. Yeah. Yeah. You just keep going. I think you had mentioned this once, but like having kids just makes you work even harder. Cause like now you have something to work for, you know, like you have even more motivation that like you want to be even more successful for your kids. So it like just added an extra layer of that. Yeah. So I think for this one, we are probably almost at an hour. Really? Um, okay. So then we'll do the questions, the Q and a on another video part two. Yeah. So everybody yeah, we, have, we have like 15 or 20 questions from people who sent in questions on motherhood and like our careers and maternity leave and kind of all that stuff. So we'll do a part two, we promise. But yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. I'm glad that Jamie and I got to share a little tiny bit of our story. I think it's nice to get to know us like behind the co-hosts you know? Yeah. And I actually think we should redo our intros. Like the first podcast that we did, you know, you guys comment down below if that's something you guys would like to see where we would redo our whole stories again. Cause I mean, yes, yes. In the last two plus years. So yeah, there's a lot that's changed and I think we'd be a little bit more structured if you listen to our first ones. So we just wanted to say thank you again for tuning in, just letting you know, motherhood is possible as well as having a successful career. And Jamie and I are here to tell you to not lose hope. I know sometimes when you're struggling, if you're listening to this and you know you can relate to us at the beginning, just know that everyone has a turn. And yeah, send us a message at flippingthebarrel at gmail.com if you want to talk more or if you have any specific issues that you want Jamie and I to cover. And we will do the motherhood Q&A next. So thank you. And we will resume back to our regular interviewing C-level executives because we love what we do. So thank you guys.